0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Cubby blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old-style beers out at the game. Let's go Cubby some Rental. Son Ranto, Son Ranto, and the love of old Lucille, Son Ranto,
2: Son Ranto, Son rent-o, and the love of old Lucille, Son <sighs> Man, I'm just not into it. Ah, <laughs>
3: Come on, come
1: on. Rinto! Now, now, now,
3: doesn't that feel better now that you got that out of your system? I know that, you know, we all have been quarantined for a week and a half now, something like that. Who knows? It's all Tuesday. Doesn't it all feel like Tuesday? Like, I have no fucking clue what time no- it is, what day no. it is. You know, so I, I'm getting a little tired too. So I felt like, you know, you did when you first started talking, Michael, like really for a couple of days now. Just, but come on, let's do a Cubs podcast. Crawley, how are you doing in your creepiness and your crawly na- witness ways?
4: I'm I'm doing good, man. You know, it's uh, it's I get to wear pajamas all day and drink beers at noon, and nobody's judgmental, so I'm kind of living the dream.
3: Basically, everybody now knows what it's like to be me. <laughs> so it's I'm, I'm actually a little jealous. I'm like, well, now maybe I'll go get a job and wear a suit every day and go downtown. <laughs> no, I don't think they'd hire me. No. Maybe I could wash windows by the tunnel. <laughs> you know? <laughs> How hard could that be except for, you know, maybe taking over the guy's territory who normally does it. So uh yeah, Cubs Podcast. Uh all right, uh coronavirus Cubs Podcast. So uh I do wanna uh say that I've enjoyed everybody being inside because you're all being so creative. Have you been on the—I know, Michael, you're off the Ranters, so you don't know about this. But I, I'm going to play one now and one at the end of the show. Uh, but we'll start with John Vasquez. He wrote a Cubs song parody to uh, Jethro tune. So hopefully you can hear this.
5: I was thinking about this the other day when I was mowing my yard. And uh, crazy times call for crazy parodies. And-
3: oh, what happened?
5: We were hearing it, okay? Yeah, yeah. I, I heard was thinking it, about but, this the other day uh, when I was mowing my yard. It just stops. And uh, crazy times call for crazy parodies. You already said that, I John. Maybe quit repeating I can make yourself. A parody of uh, Jethro Tull song, and just to see if I could do it and see what you think here. <clears throat> I hope you don't mind if I sit this one out. Your head has a fever from the germs in your snout. Can't leave your house, so you might as well drink. Your life is on Twitter, your mind's on the brink. So the Cub season's over at Wrigley Field, and the bleacher bum's getting kicked in the fields, and COVID-19 is for real. Don't be a dick if you're sick. (laughs) As the curves start to flatten, we all stay away From the social destruction and moral decay The gloves and the masks won't allow them to play We just want some baseball to lighten our day Amen. So the Cubs season's over at Wrigley Field And the bleacher bombs getting kicked in the fields And COVID-19 is for real. Don't be a dick,
3: dick if, if you're, you're sick. sick. <laughs> okay.
5: I um, like it.
2: Is that the name of the song? Don't be a dick if you're sick?
3: Well, no, it's thick as a brick originally. Thick as a brick, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Right. Well, no. I, I mean, <laughs> Come on, Michael. He, Come on. Sit did he name up, his long.
2: version that or did he name it something else?
3: Oh, I don't, I don't know if he named it anything.
6: He just yeah, got okay. up and sang it. That's what I was asking.
3: Yeah, what, I love it. And that's another way everybody's trying to be me. That's literally my day job is to write parodies about COVID-19 right now. We
4: that's got nothing else to do, man.
3: I know. So now you're all just like, oh, let me have one of those unemployed jobs like Rocket has. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. but um, And that's not the only person getting creative. Chris Saloto. Here's another thing you're missing, unless you saw it on the Twitters, Michael. Um, he did... The Ranters as Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band.
2: I did see it on Twitter. It was amazing. I'm George. (laughs) Of course. Of course. I'm George. I was fucking loving
3: it. Yeah, when are you going to go through your Hari Krishna phase? You should probably do it now, now that we have a church. Oh, you know what? I got my
2: new driver's license in the mail today. And uh, yeah, I would have looked better if I had shaved my head.
3: (laughs) You took a shit picture? (laughs) Oh, yeah, of course. You gotta, you gotta put that up on the. Well, are you not C. You gotta tweet that see? out. Give us your license number. Put your social security number on it too. If it <laughs> Maybe your uh, checking account wouldn't hurt.
2: Yeah, I, I, I had to go get my fucking new driver's license right before I moved back to Iowa. Fucking. Oh, that's the on.
3: worst when you gotta double license it. Ah.
2: Uh. Oh yeah, I, I had to get a new driver's license and re-register my truck all this month. So you know, I had to. Pump out a couple hundred bucks for everything, and it's just like I'm, I'm fucking leaving.
3: <laughs> I don't need this. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the least of your problems. Thank God. Yeah. So, uh, so Crawley, um, how are how are you uh, dealing with this whole thing right now? I mean, are you trying to steal my job too?
4: I ain't trying to steal nothing, uh, but uh, you know, kick. it's it's tough, man, because you know how much like baseball, like it's like. It really kind—I don't want to say defines us—but it really is something that we just love so much, and to not have it's been really, really tough. You know, I've been working. Uh, the uh, Pat Hughes t-shirts have been flying off the shelves. Uh, you know, as the nation runs out of toilet paper, you know, don't use Pat Hughes shirts for toilet paper, but but we yeah. are still yeah. in stock, is what I'm trying to you, say.
3: Yeah, you'll clog up your septic. But if shit gets really ugly, dude. You could, uh, you know, the government might commandeer those shirts to use as toilet paper, or God only knows. Yeah, or uh, face masks. They could, just you know, but uh, you that. can
4: get yours still now at Crawley'sClubhouse.com. We got the Pat Hughes shirt. That ball's got a chance gone, and get out the tape measure, long gone. So you know, it's one of those things that it's it's you know it's doing okay. We're still kind of holding up, but uh, anyone looking to purchase, be uh, go ahead and give it a shot. Uh, Danny, I know that you were on the hi- hot mic app the other day.
3: Oh and, yeah! Uh, d- see, that's what I mean. Everybody's being creative. They're all trying to be each other and do these other kind of jobs. That you sit at home, you've got to go to work job. And now all of a sudden, you're Pat Hughes, calling World, <laughs> World Series Game Seven. Well, you know, I had a how to go, how to go. Did you have fun? It's tiring. I had a
4: lot of fun. So if you guys are not aware, there's um, it's an app and it's called Hot Mic. H O T M I C and uh, you can look me up Crawley, and this was something I kind of had in the works. I I had about seven or eight projects ready to go for the Cubs season that are all, for the most part, now officially on hold. The Pat Hughes shirt got out, and the and this hot mic thing we kind of we played around with it the other day. What it is is you're able, you know, I love Pat Hughes and listening to him, especially when I'm driving in the car, or you know, you know Len Casper talking about his musical tastes are all great. But, uh, you know, I grew up on Harry Carey, you know, and the fun thing about Harry is he basically kind of called it as he saw it. And sometimes I think he would never have gotten away with half the shit he gets away with now. And so what it allows you to do, and I'm going to try to do this more as the season goes on, if there's a season and if there's games to call, is that you could go to whatever game. Well, they're going to be on Marquee, but it could be on ESPN. It could be on, you know, if it's the game of the week on Fox or whatever. And you can sync this app to your TV, and you would hear me broadcasting it, and you can chat. It's a lot of fun. It's called Hot Mike, so look me up, Crawley. But uh, I called the other day. Uh, game 7 of the World Series was on MLB Network, and so we did that. We had a lot of great fans in there chatting, and we had a lot of fun. Danny came in towards the end, and uh, it was fun.
3: Now, Crawley, let me ask you a question about this Hot Mike. So can you do it with somebody else?
4: Yes, and in fact, I had people asking, where's Danny? I swear to God. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, we can, it's, it's something that I've talked to the people about doing and I'm going to, I'm working on the technical specs on that. They're going to have to, you know, there's some third party apps that are going to have to come with their, uh, program, but yes, we can get it. Maybe even, I don't know how many we can get on there, but we can definitely do
3: that. I, I did it actually, there was this other company and I, and they contacted me. This was like, I want to say six, seven years ago. And so me and Gary You know, my keyboard player, Gary, Gary, the the Garrister, uh, we did it together, and we were playing as a duo at the time, so we would call the game, and we were watching it, and then we'd play songs in between innings. So what I'm thinking is that that's our show, is that we'll get the Bleacher Bump Band, we'll hook it all up, we'll do in between, we'll play like half songs in between innings, then we'll sit down, and we'll take turns having the band come in and...
4: No, absolutely. My, man, we'll it's, make it's a whole perfect.
3: thing out of it. We'll have, make a whole night out of it. A production. If you will. So, <laughs> well, no, and, and I love how creative you are and how creative everybody else has been. Like, did you see Matt Kammerer's new Javi map painting? Which, by <laughs> the way, I am buying with my stimulus check, bitches.
4: No, <laughs> there was a lot of people angry because Danny called dibs on the original.
3: Yeah, yeah. The original. Yeah, but you know what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to get Javi to sign it, and then I'm going to raffle it off and make a shitload of money for somebody that needs it more than me. And I'm and I'm going to hang a print on my fucking wall like everybody goddamn else, except for I do have the Wilson Contreras original, so it's kind of I'm kind of like, well, I don't know, but no, you gotta. Maybe I'll give away the I'll I'll sell the the Contreras because he's been traded to the Royals for Jorge Soler. Yeah, yeah, keep anyway, the hobby. Yeah. I don't know. I got a wheel and deal this in my head, but yeah, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful, and um, just traveling to Puerto Rico and seeing a bunch of games and hanging out with Jose Orlando and like, you know, I've already seen baseball. So have you crawl in spring training? So and just to see like Matt coming out with that series because he's got a Schwarber one over Chicago. He wants to do a Pat Hughes one too over Chicago. Yeah, we him
4: and I talked about it a little bit and we'll we'll you know, like I said, we got a lot of things we gotta kinda of talk about. But uh you know it, it's 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 Matt Matt's having a lot of fun. I, you know, ever since he came back from CubsCon, the guy's been on fire. He's been inspired. He's been doing drawings
3: yeah. nonstop, you know. <laughs> ever since his divorce, more like. That's <laughs> really <laughs> what it is. Uh but no, but he's always been an awesome artist and he's a great tattoo artist as well. So if you're in the St. Louis area and I do mean area because St. Louis is locked down, but n- uh, not where he is. He's, he's still tatting. So put on a mask and go get a tat. <laughs> That's their slogan. Oh, uh, wow.
2: Well, like, he's already wearing gloves and masks anyway.
3: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, right? it, like they're already hooked up. I made this point to Nicole the other day. That it, that uh, a tattoo artists already know how to be clean, like doctors, because they're using needles that could really hurt you and infect you, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, but more creativity. Um, let's see what else happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hung out with uh, Corey Finneran and Andy Round and Chase McClure at Chase McClure. With well, Chase McClure, he runs a company called, not runs it, but he works at a company called Jackbox. And it's like basically party games for adults. Like you're supposed to get together in a room and all play these games on your – your phone is your controller, but you're like all looking at the screen. Well, a lot of the games are really great to play on um, on, – like just over online if you can all see the same screen at the same time. So we went on uh, Google Meet, which is kind of like Hangouts, but they're like Enterprise version where you can present the screen. And we had such fun playing this Jackbox, so I'm thinking we should get a a game night together for the Ranters. Like, most games can only be eight people in at a time, but other people in the audience can still vote. Like, there's, like, Pictionary kind of games and stuff. So, let's play that. You guys in? Yeah, I'm down.
2: Yeah, I would be up for that.
3: Yeah, I mean, even if, I mean, I don't think any more than eight people, ten people are going to show up anyway, so... But I think it was a lot of fun, and maybe I'll have Chase run the room. I haven't even asked him. He might be finding out about this right now <laughs> that he's right. running a room. Um, but no, but uh, I, another shout-out to cr- the creativity of Chris Saloto uh, for The Last Supper, which I did not mention. Did you see that, Michael? Oh, I did not see The Last Supper. Yeah. The Cubs Church, because you're not on Facebook at all, so I've created a church. Did you know about my new church?
2: We're figuring. No. We're figuring Isn't out. Isn't there a way to do this shit not on fucking Facebook? I mean, granted, if you want, if anything that has to do with the church and your fucking all that bullshit, I'm sure it fits right on Facebook.
3: We'll get but. a website eventually, and and some hymnals.
2: Yeah, whatever happened to our website?
3: We have I one. Thought that,
2: I thought that was. I, but I thought a new one was coming along.
3: Oh yeah, it, it was, and then Jeff got divorced. Oh. <laughs> and, Sorry, Jeff. And had to move. Uh, totally so,
2: understood. To put our put
3: our little website project on hold. So, um,
2: well, you know, we can just. Why don't we just act like, like the GOP and we can just be like, Jeff, go back to fucking work. We don't give a fuck.
3: We don't care what's happening in your personal life. Yeah. Well, he can self isolate.
2: You're ruining, you're ruining our ability to make money off of a website.
3: Yeah, because that was going so well before. Yeah, well. Um so uh and you know what I want to thank just before we get started, like all the ranters and all of our Patreon people that support us, because even though you know this whole situation is fucked, you know, I really am kept alive through the people that you all are. And this show that we've got going on and the community that we've built. And, like, I've been texting with Stuart every day. I mean, I've been texting with everybody. Like, I've got a line to everybody right now. Everybody's reaching out. And everybody uh, is submitting videos for my new song. Now, I know it's weird that I'm writing a song. It's not Cubs related at all. But this Stay the Fucking Side" song that I wrote is obviously a timely ode to the moment. So um what I'm trying to do, and it's hard to explain in a tweet or a or a Facebook post or something what I'm trying to do is and I've already done to much of, uh, to a great extent is crowdsource the song with musicians I played with over the last 25 years all around the world, so I got. Uh, The drummer is Darko. He's back in Serbia. He had his tour canceled for his other band called Party Breakers, which is actually a kick-ass band, kick-ass rock band if you're into that. And it's not spelled like you think because it's spelled like a Serbian would spell it, which is like P-A-R-T-I-J and then a bunch of other letters. But um, he's recorded drums out there uh, in Serbia and he videoed himself like wearing a mask and playing the drums. And uh, then I've got, like, my friend Jason Page who sang the Pokemon theme song out in Los Angeles laying down some vocal riffs and shit. I've got my uh, uh, bass players and guitarist is in Brooklyn. Like, I'm bringing it together from all over the place. And I'm hoping to do the same for the video, which is where everybody here comes in, which is you must send me your videos of you just hanging out at home doing whatever weird thing you're doing with your family, like I've gotten videos of a dog uh, being taught to pee in a toilet in Puerto Rico. So I've gotten this video. I've gotten, um, well, obviously Darko playing the drums. I got uh, Dog Meat who uh, like basically Flava Flaves me on the rap section. Uh, he does a whole thing in a big puffy purple coat and um, uh, with a roll of toilet paper. And so, you know, fun stuff that, you know, is timely in the moment. Just do have fun with it. Ten seconds. Like, that's all I'm asking for. And I want to put it in the video. The other thing you can do, another suggestion, because uh, Stuart McVicker, he is doing the rap. So he's not, I'm really doing the rap. But Stuart is... Wrapping uh, it and sending me the video. So it's looking he's like, like lip, singing, lip syncing right? it. Yeah. So I'm going to cut him into it. So you could take any lyrics of the song. If it's the uh, chorus that goes, stay the fuck inside. Ooh, stay inside. If it's that part, just so sing that. Clap along with your family. Teach your kids that this is the only time it's acceptable for the family to say fuck together and make it happen for me. Because I think this is We Are the World. For the Ranters. So you got to get in it. And I was, already, uh,
4: I was already planning that out for tomorrow. I was going to go downstairs and maybe do like an 80s vintage. I got the mic and I can maybe do a David Lee Roth leg kick or something.
3: Oh, God. Do not hurt yourself right now. You do not want to end up in the hospital in the time of Corona. Do not take unnecessary chances by doing David Lee Roth kicks in spandex, Crawley.
4: I do it every day. It's all right. I'm good. I'm <laughs> used to it.
2: That's how he gets out of bed.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. he, just,
2: he just fucking David Lee Roth kicks right out. That's like his pajamas are uh, skin t- skin tight, uh, red and red and purple uh, flames. Right? <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yours aren't. Yeah, oh, well, assless.
2: Right? David assless Lee Roth chap. did the assless ones, <laughs> so that your wife still has access.
3: God, this show really, <laughs> this show really does need to go assless at some point. <laughs> Uh, during this quarantine. So, um, all right. What else is there? to talk? So send in your video. Sunranto at gmail.com. Send them to me. Have fun. Um, that's all I have to say about that. Oh, uh, maybe by, uh, by Saturday. Send it Saturday. That's your deadline.
4: Okay. So where should they go to hear the song?
3: Oh, you go to you go to SoundCloud. Go to Facebook. I, I post it on Twitter. It's all over the place. I keep posting mixes of it, and I keep changing everything. So, like I told you, that Pokemon theme song guy, Jason Page. Um, not only did he sing the "Gotta Catch 'Em All," like it's that guy. Known him for years. He was like the drummer in my old band. So, but we. I stayed with him during. Um, it, I'll make it baseball related. I stayed with him during Game Six of the NLCS, oh, no, 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 the Dodge, not Game 6, that was back at Wrigley, but like 3 4, five. Three, four five. I stayed with Jason Page out in uh, LA, because that's where he lives, right on Hollywood Boule- Boulevard above a porn shop, so long-time listeners of this podcast already kind of know who Jason Page is, but there's a, I wrote, wrote some articles, he had a mannequin that you could smoke weed out of the tit he had he he had all sorts of wonderful things he's he's basically willy wonka (laughs) and now he's going to be on this track and um you should be too in in fact i'm going to make a final point about it if you could have been in the we are the world video in 1985 or six or whatever the hell that was and and you passed up the chance to be in it and then it became the most famous song for like 10 years. How bad would you hate yourself? So I'm going to shame you into being in this video. Sunranto at gmail.com. Said it today.
4: And rest in peace, Kenny Rogers from We Are The World also.
3: Oh, yeah. What's his part? Um, God, I used to know. The, I do know the whole thing, but I have to go back to the beginning. He was like right, to- right
4: before Cindy Lauper, I want to say. He was right next to Cindy Lauper.
3: Yeah. Um, but he had a solo. But he yeah, wasn't, he did. He did. Yeah. Uh, and you know that someone cares. Is it that part? Yes, in your life, will be stronger and free. Yeah, I him? think
4: you're right on that.
3: My favorite is Willie Nelson. Do you remember that one?
4: Well, what did Willie say? Willie's always good. He, he just goes, had a concert the other night. Right.
3: As God has shown us by turning stone to bread.
4: He also had a...
3: <laughs> Don't you remember that part? You
4: <laughs> had some Bob Dylan in there, too.
3: Did he have a solo?
4: I want to say he had a little solo in it. I'm trying to remember.
3: See, this is how I'm improving uh, We Are The World with Stay The fucking side." is that uh, there are no solos. It's all me. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, you had too many people. This time we got to you know, just really hone in. No, I'm kidding. There's shitloads of people, and Jason Page did a great job. And uh, I haven't heard the track. I heard part of the track, and I saw the lyrics that he put in my lyric sheet in the Google Doc we share. And um, well, he thinks the whole thing's a big conspiracy theorist and uh, theory. Uh, it, well, he's he is a conspiracy theorist, and uh, so I'm interested to see uh, what vocal riffs he did about big pharma controlling our minds. So <laughs> look forward to that mix because it's coming. <laughs> oh god. So it should
4: it should turn out really good though. I think it's going to be exciting.
3: I'm I'm super excited. I hope I can get the end together cuz there's so much going on. Oh, I got Will Baker on the track. John Baker's brother. I, I totally forgot to even mention that cuz I didn't Ooh, make it.
2: trombone solo?
3: Dude, he does the rap section and he makes the rap section.
2: Yeah, I heard the trombone. I wondered if that was him.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. No. And, he, and he jammed out the end too like, like he perfectly placed these people are all such great musicians that i 'm and just texting them and being like, "I trust you i mean i 'm like, give a suggestion, I'm like maybe start at two minutes and then then they fucking send me the best thing ever i 'm very lucky to know not only all of you guys and the show we do together but all these wonderful musicians i 've worked with for years and years and years it 's just you know it 's it's sad, but it takes a fucking pandemic. It's like when you see your family only at funerals and weddings. You know what I mean? It takes a pandemic. Speaking of funerals,
4: here is the uh, Kenny Rogers line here.
3: Day hey, that someone somewhere will make a change. That's not him, though, yeah. at the end. though.
4: No, no, they go to somebody else. But that, that
3: was his line right there. He's got send them your heart so they know that someone cares. Correct. Send them your heart so they know that someone cares. Yeah, he, if
4: Paul Simon sings right before him. He duets uh, with Simon.
3: Fuck Paul Simon. <laughs> God, I hate that guy. You, you haven't heard that. Michael's already heard this story like 800 times. The time my Paul Simon story.
4: So so Paul Simon is your, Al- is your Albert Almora?
3: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I auditioned for Paul Simon. He wrote a show called Cape Man.
2: I, uh, I don't know if Almora has had it that much success. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. mean, Did Almora I mean, write Julio down by the schoolyard? I think yeah. not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you can go Almora
2: and Paul Simon. You may hate Paul Simon, but come on. Does that make Ian Hap Garfunkel?
1: <laughs> uh, uh, we're not even no, off-
2: no. Actually, Almora is Garfunkel because of the hair. The he hair, yeah, last year.
3: <laughs> yeah. He's Almora So wait, 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 wait. <laughs> the, the, the Cape Man, the Cape Man. Oh Let yeah, yeah. This. So he wrote, he wrote this Broadway show called Cape Man. And I was auditioning for Rent, which was my first big break, so I could place it to 1996. And I'm auditioning for that, and I'm auditioning for Paul Simon and Cape Man, 22 years old. I, I, I go in. They've asked me to, to sing a doo-wop song. So I sing Silhouettes on the Shade. You know that song? Yeah. I, and I sing ah, – I forget the other song. doesn't matter. I sing doo-wop songs. In the middle of the song, Paul Simon stands up. He goes, no, 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 no. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? And um, – Uh, Like, Paul Simon's telling me to stop. I'm like, this is crazy and weird and feels awful, you know? So then he's like, says here on your resume you were in Carousel. He's like, sing something from that. Now, meanwhile, I'm 22. You know when I was in Carousel? When I was six fucking teen. (laughs) It's like I remember any goddamn song from Carousel from fucking however many years ago, six years ago, that is. Is that how many years? Yeah. I'm bad at math, people. I'm not a stats guy. So, um, anyway... Ass stats. Yeah. I, I, sh- I should play the drop if I knew where it was at this point. But I'm in the middle of the story. And so then I'm like, okay, sure, I'll sing something from Carousel because, of course, you say yes. That's how Harvey Weinstein got his life done. So <laughs> I I said, you know, sh- you know, yeah, sure, give me a moment. And I thought, what do I know from Carousel? And I, I, I don't know. I went up there and I sang the part I knew from Carousel, which was like a part I didn't even play, but I just remember that part. So I sang that, and I walk, and he's like, uh, "Okay." And he was an asshole. And then I walk out, and Bernie Telsey from Bernie Telsey Casting in New York, like big famous casting director, he walks out, and he comes out. He's like, "Danny, I'm really, really sorry. We're big fans of you. I, I this has been happening all day. Paul Simon is just the worst person in the world." Like I was like, "Wow, wow, this is crazy." Now, like this big casting director is like telling me that Paul Simon's an asshole too, even though I just saw that with my own eyes. So then I knew a bunch of people that did the show with him. Asshole. Everyone hates him. Nightmare of a human being. But Julio down by the schoolyard's a fucking jam. So I'm going to give him him that. How about late in the evening? Which one's that? Sing it. Uh, Is it karaoke time on the Sunrise? It's karaoke There's, time. You're four beers yeah.
2: in. Uh-oh. I'm way more than that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, Danny, I'll give you uh, me and Julio down by the schoolyard, but by uh, – me first in the gimme gimmies. Their cover is better than Paul Simon's. All right, first. I'm
3: going to check that out because uh, if anybody can do better than Paul Simon, it's everybody in the world. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Late in the evening is uh, it's it's I'll a great it. song. It's got some good guitar parts in there. It's, oh, it's from
3: his uh Grace. Was oh, Grace Lane? Oh, his Oh yeah, his cultural appropriation album. Yeah, that was good. Little- You know, the, what
4: was it the, some good lyrics in there? Uh, I went outside and smoked myself Jay When I came back, the room was was as it. It is a good good song.
3: Yeah, yeah. Here's a guy going through a midlife crisis. Garfunkel's left him. His Edie Brickell hates him now. And then Carrie uh, Fisher. Oh, it, yeah. Well, I don't. I'm not keeping track of his love life. I mean, he's just a miserable person. They all left him. And then. Uh, and then he's like, oh, what do I do? I'm going to go to Africa and find myself like a rich little fucking prick from Queens. And he goes out He goes out to Africa, finds the best band in Africa, and he's like, oh, let me culturally appropriate all your best music and then put my stupid bald white ass in front of the band. Sorry, I'm not a- – <laughs> you guys <got> – so many <laughs> – this is like saying uh, to Michael about the D.H., yeah, yeah. The, if you say at, at, at any time to me Paul Simon, I will, I will fucking blow a nut on Paul Simon's eye. Will yeah. I skull fuck his other eye? So, uh, I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm with you, and I have actually heard other uh, musicians say very similar things about him. Like I don't think it's just you.
3: Yeah, it's
2: kind of everybody.
3: So, what's your favorite Paul Simon song? <laughs> who me yeah yeah boxer
2: are we talking I, about
3: I, tolo
4: or are we talking about with garfunkel
3: i mean i think you got i don't he wrote I, the garfunkel I, ones though i think i think garfunkel was like i want to be the actor i guess i'll be in this stupid band with this guy paul i met at the basketball court with julio
2: yeah no uh i i like some of paul simon's music but i don't like him well enough that i can be like Ooh, I know a song, and this is the best song. Like, no. When you say me and Julio down by the schoolyard, I immediately think of me first in the
3: Gimme Gimme's because I'd rather hear that version. Do you know what I think my favorite is, and this is a Garfunkel one, is Cecilia.
2: That's a good one, yeah? Uh, yeah, you know what? I agree with that, but not because of the song, but because it brings to mind me being 17 years old, in this little bar on Harrison Street in Davenport, Iowa, uh, called Mama Bahamas Uptown. (laughs) It was this tiny shotgun bar. They fucking served anybody. They did not give a
3: shit. Sounds like Uh, Kay's place, huh, Crawley? There you go. (laughs) Did they have karaoke on Sundays, too? (laughs) It was all high schoolers and
2: uh, St. Ambrose people. And, you know, we were just.
3: Oh, those people
2: fucking crammed into this place and they had a really good jukebox and when cecilia would come on everyone in the whole bar would sing beautiful right so the song's great but it's more about that memory of uh what in corona <laughs> Coronavirus fucking 2020 is like a nightmare because everybody's just sweating and slobbering and spitting on each other because we are all fucking so tightly packed in there. It I wanna, had to be a fire code hazard. I,
3: I want to see who comes up with it first because I just had a crackerjack idea for a parody song for Cecilia. What is a Cubs related? What is a Cubs related uh, parody that I could write to Cecilia? Come on. You got to get it. It's so this show, too.
2: See, I was thinking Corona virus is
3: bad. Well, that actually, right? actually that works great.
2: <laughs> so moving on. Uh, yeah, no, 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 I
3: no, don't no, know. No, no. This is Just also, Why do you suck? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a hint. Oh, Lee Elia. <laughs> 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 it's perfect. I'm going to release it on Lee Elia Day. The season still wouldn't have started. What, what day is that? I'm going to look at my rants calendar real quick. It's like stand. April Yeah, it's April
2: something. 17th or something.
3: Yeah, man. People were already on that team. It was like not even three weeks in or two weeks in back then. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's late. April 29th. So it's like the end of April. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Lee Elia Day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release it that day. And uh, it, it, it's beautiful because it's already written. Lee. Elia
2: losing his mind. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I'm just gonna be like Lee, Elia dumb fifteen percent.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you you got You got to give a shout out in that song somehow to Les Grobstein. Uh, yeah. You know, without the Grobber, that 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 would have been lost to history.
3: Grobber. I'm gonna yeah. give him a standing Grobvation.
4: Cheers to Les Grobstein and, and 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 bringing that recorder in when no one else had one.
3: Yeah. So uh, the Cubs' off season, you know, I didn't think things could get worse because remember how the Cubs' off season sucked? Like we thought that was bad, and then we had a bad off season, and then we got coronavirus, and then the Cubs' Cubs' off season in the middle of coronavirus actually got worse for us. Did you hear this news about <laughs> the the completed trade of the? of the player to be named later.
2: Yeah. Jahani, Jahani Pareda, the illiterate Johnny. We lost him
3: to the Red Sox who we traded. um, We got Travis Lakins. We just got him from the Red Sox, but then we DFA Lakins to get Jeffress. So Lakins. So basically we basically gave Johnny Pareda to the Red Sox.
2: For nothing. For nothing. Yeah, for five days. For five days of just hanging out with a dude.
3: And did you know that Pareta, I don't know if this is true, so my Spanish-speaking friends, this is just Google Translate, but Pareda means lazy. So we could have had a guy on the Cubs eventually as like a backup catcher or a dude that came up when injury happened when he got older. And his name would have been Johnny Lazy. And that would have been fucking brilliant for us and all of baseball. But instead, here we are with nothing except for Jeremy Jeffers, who isn't even pitching till July. So, it, it, But isn't that incredible that the Cubs managed to make their offseason worse while, while being shut down? Oh, God. I, I am not surprised at
2: anything that happens in the front office or... You know, the ownership, like, they just seem to,
3: everything they do anymore sucks. (laughs) But, you know what, here's the thing. You won't be booing Marquee next year. Marquee
6: Network. (laughs) What do you have against the Marquee Network?
3: I don't know, people seem to like it, actually, Tom. Believe
5: me, you won't be booing about that
3: in a year. Yeah, I'm I'm
2: booing about it now, because I, you you know, all these people on Twitter talking about the games they're watching and shit, I don't get to watch that. Because I'm nowhere near Chicago, so I can't get the marquee. Well, network.
3: Crawley, you didn't really go into your experience of the World Series Game Seven calling calling the game uh, too much. But do you do you think that watching old games? Do you enjoy that? Because right, I don't really. I like watching bits and pieces of not just highlights. I like watching old footage of the fans and things like that. And weird spring training videos and whatnot. But do you like watching a whole game? Like you watched that whole game and called the whole thing. Didn't you find, <laughs> you know, I mean, and that it, was a it, hell it, of a it, game. It,
4: it, it was an edited version. So they They skip some innings. They would jump
3: around. It wasn't the whole thing. Uh, nah, but, see, uh, don't talk to me till you've done a whole game. Then now That's what I what the say, honest, did.
4: though, I, I, I do. What I like is, I mean, like Game 7, I could watch over and over again. Uh, there, there are certain games that, yeah, they're fun to watch. Uh, I, I love listening to some of the old calls, whether it's Jack Brickhouse calling a game and just kind of hearing his cadence and, and his home run calls and how he, kinda, how he did it. I love hearing that. I, Harry, listening to Harry brings me back. And then the one thing I tell people is that, Danny, you and I are fortunate enough to go to a lot of Cubs games. So a lot of times you're at a game. And you may not see, see things exactly as it happened or hear the call. Uh, you know, when I, uh, so le- the other day they had game one of the NLCS from, uh, Cubs Dodgers and that's the game in the eight, bottom of the eighth inning. They walked, they intentionally walked. So Dave Roberts intentionally walks, uh, Jason Hayward and Chris Cogley. That was incredible. Yeah. Chris
3: Cogley they walked.
4: Intentionally walks. So two intentionally walk. Two intentional walks in the inning. Two outs. Wants to get to Miggy Montero, and Miggy of course hits the grand slam, which was one of the greatest moments I ever witnessed. But live see, that was so dead.
3: stupid. I mean, maybe the matchup was right in his in his brain, but I don't think you want that many runners on base. You know, I mean, why not face Chris coghlin or Jason Hayward that year, or Hayward that year? I mean, it's insane. Yeah, that was nuts. But I was watching
4: the I was watching the replay and, Fix was and in. like and so when you go to a lot of these games like I like I do and, and Danny I know you do too but uh game 1 I was at and then I was at game 2 I want to say the next night was Kershaw who shut the Cubs down. But when you go to there all of a sudden it's like games keep happening so fast you have don't have a chance to kind of look back at the DVR. I never I don't know. I don't tape it. So like when I watched that game the other day, it was fun to watch because there's things I missed. So there's a slider. It's a cement mixer slider that Joe Blanton throws, uh, Miggy and he misses it. And, and watching, I was like, Oh shit, man, that was a pitch to hit right there. And then he throws him another one. And that's the one that Miggy knocks out. So you kind of see things. I was at the, I was at the Jason Hayward grand slam walk off. I was at the, uh, at the David Bodie walk-off slam, a lot of things that like you you know you may not have noticed or even remember from being at the game, like the ambiance and the feeling that you got from being there, can't be replicated on the TV. But it's kind of cool to see how certain things play out that maybe you don't remember. I,
3: I guess what I'm afraid of in a way, from like, like for example game four of the n l d s two thousand and sixteen against the Giants in San Francisco I had kick ass seats I was like sitting basically between home and first, more closer to home and almost down front like i you know i I could see marlon's man's hat you know uh and it was and as I watched that ninth inning unfold, it was like so unreal how they came back what was it five one I think so, yeah. And then they won 6-5? I'm just drawing from memory. I don't know. It's been a while since they've done anything in the World Series. Fucking Cubs. So, um, but I kind of want to preserve that image of that moment as opposed To the other image of it, which is the image that most people saw, which I want to participate with everybody, of course, and, you know, know it. I know know it's stupid, but, like, I have such vivid memories of singing, like, when Zobris came up and he hit that double. Nicole and I uh, started singing I Feel Alive, like it was a home game. For right, uh, Ben's over us, we're like
1: I, I feel alive,
3: and people were like looking at us like we had not like we had nine heads. What we were screaming our heads no, they were off. looking at you like we
2: don't want to hear that shit anymore.
3: <laughs> but it worked. Fucking he hit stop. a fucking double, and you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> that you got to watch that double on TV and high five your family. But I was there singing alive, and I. Kind of, and it's fine to have those memories mixed. I guess there's something about me. I've never really been a TV watcher. Like my family went years as a kid without a TV, so it was never. So when I had it, like people talk about TV shows, and I never can participate. I haven't seen any of the shows, and um, I don't know. I kind of just feel the same way about. It's funny that Crawley, you embrace both, and I really appreciate that because I. I think that that's a better way to be that I'm so protective of my personal memory that I can't have it like smudged with something else, you know,
4: when you go to the game, it's to me when you're at there and it's happening live, there are emotions and memories and things that can't be replicated any which way. Like I said, uh, even even when I watch the replay of some of the games, there's things that I remember that like just aren't fully captured. OK, and then there's just other things like sometimes Pat Hughes just has a phenomenal call that I was at the game. I missed it. You know what I mean? Or even on the David Bodie Grand Slam, that Santa Maria call that that, that you know, it's just kind of fun to kind of see. And, and, you know, maybe just like so whenever you're at your seats, was that ball that I thought was really a strike? Was that a strike or was that really a good call by the umpire? Just certain things that I kind of look at. And 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 I can kind of now watch the game knowing the outcome. It, it's a different feeling, but I still like. To me, I still like watching baseball, and especially now where I'm like jonesing for anything baseball, I'll watch replays all day long. It's better than no baseball.
2: The only one I really would like to watch, and I shouldn't say the only one. There's there's a number of them that I would probably watch again, but the big one that I want to see is Game Six uh, NLCS. Uh, Kyle Hendricks. I know they showed that one the other night. That was the one that I was like, "Man, I do want to see that one again."
1: The pitching, uh, I, wa- I remember yeah.
2: watching it at the time, but it just gets so old. like it's hard to remember everything that was going on in that game because you know obviously the World Series came next, and
4: right, and, and, and it, you didn't even have time to absorb everything, you know.
2: Yeah, and and I would really like because. I know, like, that game, I remember feeling great the whole game, loving watching every little bit going on in that game. That's why when people say, like, ah, oh, they love to watch game seven, that one's tough for me. I've watched that one a couple times, and I, I I don't like it because it's just watching how that just fell apart and then came together and it fell apart again and then fucking finally came together. It just makes me crazy. It was perfect. I though. wanted to see it was for anyone who can handle that stress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I will tell you
3: that – Cubs fans. So it was a classic. Cubs was fans. A classic. You but described do, Cubs fans.
4: People yeah. ask me all the time. I've probably been – I've been trying to estimate it roughly probably around six to 700 games in my lifetime. And I, and I still say that NLCS Game 6 was the greatest game I ever attended. I attended World Series games – Three and five. I attended, Uh, I've been to uh, a lot of the most amazing games in Cubs history. Um, But game six to me of the NLCS, as far as the crowd, as far as the game, to me still stands out as the best game I've ever witnessed live.
2: Yeah. Uh, We used to have this argument a little bit when Lyle was on the show about what we wanted to see like super dominance or good games. I'm a super dominance guy. I love to see just somebody out there just whipping some ass. You it wasn't, know, and no you matter know. what it is, I like to see them just go and just well, get they, better they, and better and better. Getting to and Kershaw
3: it, early was beautiful.
4: And and game. this is where Danny's talking about the, preserving those memories I'll never forget. Like the crowd just from the moment we walked in, there was just a, a cocky swagger from every Cub fan. Absolutely. You know, usually 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 Cub fans are nervous, you know what I mean? We always expect the worst. But I don't know why everybody came into game 6 just like we're going to fuck this guy up. Fuck Clayton Kershaw. And we were on him. It was the best crowd I ever saw at Wrigley, just the way they were chanting Kershaw nonstop from beginning until the second that they pulled him. And he's looking down on the ground in the mound despondent after he gives up the home run. And it was just nonstop that the crowd was 100% behind the team. Like, it just felt like everybody was on air on that game. There was nothing like it.
3: I flew in late from L.A. Our plane was late and then our bags were late and everything was fucked up at midway. And so we got home, and I didn't show up till I want to say the bottom of the first or early second. And I felt it right away. Like, even the music that the DJ was jamming between innings just had this power to it. Like, and but the Cubs jumped up early in that game and never looked back. And like, God damn, that was such like, and I have a ball from that game. Jason, that's the game that uh, Jason Hayward threw me a baseball.
2: Nice. nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, Rizzo has a ball from that game too. Stuck in his back pocket when they won.
4: That was like I said. It was to the double play at the end. Everything. It was just such a, you know, and then the people on the streets afterwards. It was just unreal.
3: Yeah, we're going to the World Fucking Series, bitches. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, so I guess yeah. I do. I do like reminiscing. It's interesting that they. Uh, you know edited out the boring parts of world series game seven (laughs) i was thinking when you were talking about that that it'd be fun to sit and go through every single out that a cub made in that game all all of uh, their 27 outs and complain about each one (laughs) 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 like that's just an off-season show put that in your back pocket you know put that on the ideas list um so we did get uh a, not See, here's the thing. It's funny that MLB is even talking about what season they might have, and I, I get it. They probably have a bunch of different plan A, plan Bs. We really are in the stage of this whole thing where we don't know what's going to happen. So, But it's fun to speculate. In fact, I, I like speculating about what the season's going to look like more than I like trade rumors even. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because trade rumors are always just like, too many moving parts. Uh, you can say who you like, and but you know you you can't make that phone call, and we can't make the call on you know what the schedule is going to be easier either. But we can get really creative about what the schedule might look like, and nobody is more creative than Scott Boris. Did you see what he had to say about it?
4: Scott's Scott's always an interesting guy to listen to. Whether you like him or dislike him, he's not yeah. boring.
3: No. Yeah, but you saw what he said, though, right? Yeah. It, like, the full season, he's like, everybody I've talked to watched the whole season, I'm like, uh, yeah, but Scott. Um, but there, he's talking about World Series on Christmas Day.
4: Scott Scott Boris has, has been on a crusade for a while to have the World Series be played at a neutral site. That's been his dream, and this kind of, you know, with this coronavirus, he Scott Boris never met an opportunity he didn't like, so... You know, this is an opportunity. <laughs> this is not the first time he's pushed this idea of, to him, the Super Bowl and the way that it works. Everybody knows when it is. You can get tickets early. You can plan. Media people can come from all over the country to check it out. It's, it's all pretty easy to kind of, once you know where it's going to be months in advance, to plan for it.
3: Yeah, but I'm not going to buy World Series tickets for, like, even this year. Like, if they announce right now that uh, the games are in Miami, am I buying... Uh, you know, a flight and a hotel to Miami or I'm probably, well, I guess I'm play, hedging my bets. Maybe I, you know, book on Southwest to Miami if I see a good deal. Yeah, maybe it kind of works.
4: Again, it's not just about the fans because the fans will show up one way or another. It's it's about getting the worldwide media to cover the event in a way that, that kind of makes it a bigger deal.
3: I get you. What do you think, Michael? You like the neutral site idea for the World Series?
2: Um, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. It's just.
3: But you don't. I, I, obviously, you don't sound very strongly feel very strongly about. It. You're like no,
2: not really. <laughs> no,
3: I well, I was thinking hey, about Michael. I, do you want some pancakes? If it's, if it's no, the not really between,
2: hungry. if it's the difference between no World Series and neutral site world series i'll take neutral site all day long but i'm not huge on it well like like i don't want i'm not so like i don't want this to happen in the future i don't want them to be like gotcha hey that worked out great let's do every world series at a neutral site because if we do it in houston they're going to be banging garbage cans you fucking cheaters so you know, it's like you don't want that to happen. So now they're gonna fucking put it. I could just see it going the wrong way.
4: Well, you know, that's unfortunately that's what they're kind of looking at is if they're gonna try to get as. I mean, there's so much to consider with this off season where, where with this season being is okay. Are you gonna prorate the players' contracts? Are they ar- arbitration eligible now? So the big thing about Chris Bryant, the whole fucking off season we've been talking about. Well, he's got value because you got two years. Did you well, not have, you have the, two years? Re- Or do you you, not have one year?
3: Right. Did you not have the thought that God was doing this because he's on Chris Bryant's side of this whole thing? And he's like, mad about
4: the arbitration. Mad about
3: the arbitration here. God's like, okay, well, Cubs actually only get one year. (laughs) So, uh, no, but that is what they're discussing. And so, obviously, everybody – but if Chris Bryant doesn't play this year and there is no season – because people don't do the right thing, and the virus spreads all around, and a bunch of people die, and all hell breaks loose on earth and Scott Boris becomes our new overlord um it, now it it,
4: out of the realm of possibility,
3: yeah, I mean at this point, dogs are marrying cats, you know what I mean, like what, might as well like throw fucking spaghetti at the wall and see if it sticks, you know, and I, you know I do like this kind of speculation, but. I don't know. It seems to me like the world needs baseball. And they need a lot of baseball. See a lot of people missing baseball. I know we do. We talked about uh, the music of motherfucking the unmentionable. I will, I'm i not going to say his name again yeah. on this show. Just to, just to uh, make sure that he gets no undue publicity. But um, I don't know. It seems like we need baseball. I wouldn't even mind the empty stadiums right now protect those guys get the season started give us something to watch I mean that's kind of a tried and true American institution that's but unfortunately also why the 1918 flu pandemic was way more horrible than it needed to be because they were like no let's play the World Series everything's fine but they we now know more to not have the fans but I mean fuck just you know go down to Wrigley and play some baseball you know As long as everybody's feeling okay, I mean, do you really need anybody else but the players and coaches?
2: No, you don't need it.
3: Playing the day? All day games?
2: We're all home anyway.
3: Yeah, day games would be good. Dude, dude, yes. All day games.
4: Well, they're talking doubleheaders.
3: Yeah, and that's just it. They're going to try to get in as many games. They want to do like 140. It seems crazy to me, but Trump wants to open the country by Easter, so that's in like fucking what three weeks.
2: I have no idea.
3: I'm not sure, man. No, (laughs) yeah, none. I don't pay. I don't pay (laughs) attention to the fake holidays. No, that one is not fake. It actually has to do with the moon. The Easter part is like weird, (laughs) but the moon is very real. The moon is real, because they based it on an old pagan holiday. I forget which one, but, like, you know, it's where you get the Easter buddy from. Do, do you know this? What What is the, What is the uh, spring equinox moon festival of pagans that the Christians stole for Easter? Anybody?
4: Let me think for a second here.
3: Don't think. Just look it up on Google
4: real quick. <laughs> um, try, my my memory is getting a little hazy here. Let me try to kind of I'm all – all right.
3: You said you're more than four beers in. I'm surprised you can even answer me at this point.
4: No, no, no. We're good, man. We're good. We got, we got uh, it, sa- you know.
3: Saturn, not Saturnalia. It's like it's a it's a uh, a festival it, of again. Fucking- a, lot, a lot of
4: it, all of this, really has to do with with Constantine as far as Rome is concerned, and and trying to when he's going to change the entire religion of Rome from their beliefs into Christianity. It's just trying to make the dates kind of fit the holidays that already existed.
2: Yeah. No. It's. Uh... It's like the first moon, the first new moon after the equinox or some shit.
4: All right. Some sources believe the word Easter is taken from the Teutonic godness of fertility and spring Eostre.
3: Yeah, Eostre. But there's another name that, I don't know. Pagan festival. I'm looking at The up. pagan
4: ritual of the spring equinox is a celebration of renewed life and the change that comes with spring. The solar festival is celebrated when the length of the day and the length of the night are equal, which occurs twice a year at the spring and fall equinox.
3: Well, that's cool. Equal. I didn't, I didn't even know that's what equinox means. And it makes sense because it's got equa in it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you didn't know that?
3: No. No, I was just like, yeah, it's a fucking equinox. <laughs> like, I, I Just thought they called it equinox. Like, once something's got Roman numerals or a fucking X at the end, I kind of toot out. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> that's just me.
4: Um, but he illustrates also, also the god goddess that you're talking about there. Mm.
3: Yeah, so it's a, that's where you get the rabbit, because obviously, like, know, yeah, they fuck like rabbits and, you know, have lots of babies. And, and the egg you know that's when my cat brings in fucking little baby fucking birds that were just hatched that she fell out of the nest and she comes and brings it to me so that that usually happens around the equinox yeah <laughs> so um yeah i don't know it, it, what do you guys think about this season if you could make the season and keep everybody safe what uh, how do you do it like I mean, these guys are, I think, privy to more information, just like they're privy to COVID nineteen tests that we are privy to. I'm sure every player is tested, like the all basketballs tested, but they had it. So, what what does your what is your season look like?
4: That's the problem because you're going to need another month again to get these guys ratcheted up. I know people think that they can just kind of roll them out there, but that's that you for all these teams that have players, and I don't know if you just saw this the other day, but uh, Thor, Syndergaard uh, from the Mets, now all of a sudden has to go under Tommy John surgery. What exactly happened? Nobody, you know, I don't know. But when did this happen? When did he injure himself? Uh, Chris that, Sale,
3: Chris Sale, the other one.
4: Sale was injured during spring training, but Cindergard, nobody knew anything about until it just popped up yesterday. So it, that's the thing is it's, these guys are not just going to be able to just kind of just all of a sudden just started up just like that it doesn 't work it doesn 't matter how much you're practicing at home or throwing off a mound at home or at your high school or your alma mater or wherever these guys are going to need especially pitchers three to four weeks to get cranked up again
3: Well, not know it's been i 've got the two answer. weeks it 's been two weeks that they 've been shut down quote unquote
4: and they 're going to have at least another two weeks minimum
2: yeah no I think uh, I think the first month of games is all uh, 16-inch Chicago softball.
3: <laughs> now you're thinking.
2: You know, they throw the mush ball in there. You know, it's underhand for the pitchers while they're warming. You know, they they do bullpens and stuff. But when they pitch – well, anybody can pitch. The pitchers don't even have to go out there. It's, you know, you got Rizzo out on a mound, underhand tossing a mush ball to – yeah.
3: I mean, come on, think back to the old yeah, I mean, days of baseball, though. These guys, they barnstormed around, they played a few games, they got back on the field and they figured it out. You know, like, I know we live in a different era right now of baseball, but don't you think these guys can, like, they've been working, they've been, you know, they're still working out, you know, these are professional athletes. I think they can get going in two weeks and, and get some, I mean, they were already playing baseball games. They were spring training games. They only played half the game, but they could have played a whole game.
4: But, Danny, when, we, when you were talking the other day about the World Series of 1918 and the Spanish flu, the thing that pissed them off is that they never got paid. I mean, even into the 60s and the 70s, a lot of these guys would be working part-time jobs as salesmen at car dealerships and insurance salesmen. And Ron Santos sold pizzas. You, you Right now, as an owner, if you have an investment, say, what, what did they pay? Uh, what was his name from Houston? Went to New York. Uh, Garrett
2: Carly, Corley, you're not going to get anywhere by arguing that we should worry about the owner's investment.
4: <laughs> what, I'm not saying that we should. I'm saying is that if you are an owner and you just paid Garrett Cole a whole shit ton of money, you're not going to rush him back to the mound if he's not ready. You're just not.
3: Yeah, that's true. But you're also not going to give up the gate receipts of, you know, 162 games, and you're going to try to get in as many as possible. So, how, you know, so doesn't that mean rushing Garrett Cole? Like, just like everything in baseball right now aren't you know like trying to make the game shorter but you know make the offense more prolific like those seems like like two opposing concepts Of, you know, getting the season open, which is why I I actually, I think it would be good. I mean, I think this is a very American thing. Like, if the Ken Burns in 100 years would be like, and then they almost all died, and then they had baseball, and they watched on their TVs, and they did it in the afternoon. Like, I want baseball to do something really good for America right now and actually come back. And, you know, Trump wants it, but I don't know how baseball feels about Trump, you know, like— He likes the Mets, so (laughs) whatever you could glean from that. He's throwing out some first pitches, I'm sure. You know,
4: to me, though, you're going to have this – there's so much that has to be decided between the players' union – the players' union also is going to look at the safety for the players and making sure that they're not being rushed and, and potentially getting injured if they're playing. I've, I've heard everything about like a, 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 that the owners want 162 games, and they may do like two doubleheaders a week and expand the rosters and all this other shit. And I don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's, it, we're in uncharted territory here.
3: How about if uh, they, you're, you're allowed your 40-man? So your entire farm system basically wins. You know, you are you got to declare 26 on that day or even less because, you know, make it 24 or something like that. No,
4: you can stick with 26, just 26 per game.
3: Per game. But you get to use your whole 40, man, the whole year. Correct. And now the owner's going to have to pay for that because that's Major League time for these guys. So, like, that's something that's being figured out right now. So, the T's are being crossed and the I's are being dotted and the minor leaguers still aren't being paid well. But... You know, there's a lot to consider besides just, like, when does the season start? I get it. But I think they should start before our society starts. You know what I mean? I hate the empty stadium idea in many ways, but I love it in the fact that it is a sign of the Normalcy. In, Yeah Normalcy. Yeah. And I think baseball leads the way in our culture in the United States, and I think people will find that as a sign of hope. They need to wait to do it at the right time, and obviously it's going to be postponed. Um, well,
2: if we can, if we can keep the pitchers from licking their fingers before they touch the ball, you know, and uh, Yasiel Puig to keep him from licking lick bats the bat, and, and guys from spitting the seeds all over. Like baseball <laughs> is generally a non-contact. Everybody's wearing gloves. You're right, though. Right? But
3: it is very uh, like. disease transmissionary
2: yeah i mean as long as you take you know all the all the fucking slobbering and spitting out that they do you know then baseball is a pretty sanitary sport it's not like
3: yeah you're right it is unsanitary you say it's no but everything you just said means it's it's actually quite unsanitary
2: (laughs) it is well yeah but you got to take if you take that out but like you couldn't take that out of like football, they have to touch each other. Basketball, they have to touch each other. Um, I don't know. Golf could come back anytime. You know, they could play to nobody if they wanted.
3: Yeah, that, that sport is all about social distancing.
2: Yeah. I mean, His you know.
3: Stand, you're not- caddies over there. Guys putting over here. Another dude standing here by a cart.
2: Yep. People get too close to you. You get pissed off. You, you know, you start yelling at them, like, "Quit, Quit hitting into me, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you know, so I could see golf coming back first, but no, I think baseball could be generally uh, not, you know safe
4: well again, we've if talked, they did it
2: as long as they don't have big crowds.
4: We've talked again, I, I think they would do the empty stadium before they would do crowds um, just to get this whole thing started to 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 get as many games in as possible because you're talking about TV revenue. Um, you know, so as long as they have something to broadcast, you know what I mean? They're, they're kind of fulfilling oh, their end of the bargain.
3: Oh, that's right. They're going to want to make money. <laughs> that's I forgot about the money. I know yeah. they well They
2: burned <laughs> through that, that 10.3 billion they made in 2018. That's gone. And yeah. so <laughs>
3: well, it, it, the country just burned through 6 trillion apparently of made up money. So that's But it, yeah.
4: you you remember, Danny, going to your point after 9-11, uh, how big baseball was and kind of getting the country back to normal, you know, as far as, you know, I clearly remember Sammy Sosa running to the outfield with the American flag and stuff like that. And that was a great World Series, the Diamondbacks versus the uh, Yankees.
3: Yankees, yeah. And the Diamondbacks won, won like a bunch of assholes. yeah that was yeah i mean that that was what the fuck you should you they should have just rolled over for new york i'm sorry but that was the only year that i was a yankees fan (laughs) i mean mean, those motherfuckers should have just been oh my arm hurts and throwing them meatballs the whole fucking game i'm sorry the yankees should have won that in in four
4: what who is the who's the reliever Byung young kim
2: yeah, so, uh, byung young Kim gave up the big homer. Yeah. Gave
4: up like two two games in a row, and that's when uh, Bob Brenly decided to just go with the. Uh, basically, he was going to use two pitchers. He was going to use Schilling and uh, Johnson. Yep. He's like, "Yeah, fuck that young young Kim guy. We're just going to go with the two guys," and that's what he did.
3: Yeah, and it worked.
4: And you know, I I was rooting for Mark Grace to win the World Series. I yeah, gotta that's tell you, true. I was I not would... rooting for the Yankees.
3: Had the had the thought at the exact same time you said it. So I also wanted to thank uh, Artie Boucher, longtime listener, great friend, lives out by Michael for the time being out there. Yeah, we were actually, you know, when together. I was,
2: you know, getting ready to move and all that stuff, we were planning on uh, meeting up so that we could watch, uh, you know, the Cubs, you know, season opener and all that shit. But it looks like that's kind of out the window.
3: Well, now you could just watch game seven and listen to Crawley that's pretty yeah. much well i can't because
4: i don't <laughs> nope all you gotta do is get hot mike yeah you can listen to me or you can uh you can uh if it's on mlb network or if it's on uh, fox or espn you can hear my my tones me calling the game
3: yeah, yeah. dude i love it i, I, I think we should uh, become the new uh pat hughes and uh you know keith morland <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not gonna aim high I'm just going to I'm going to be the, I'm going to be Keith Morland. I'm already a redhead. There you go. That's I'm not going to be try to be a Coom dog. and really make I mean cuz both of those guys will really make you confused as to what the hell's going on in the fifth inning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i I'm, I'm, I'm,
4: but, but see but see luckily they stopped that I don 't know why they ever had that in his contract or what what it was, but that that's not what he does he doesn't do play by play and and the fact that he doesn't i think he's I think he's done a good job with Pat as the color man and we and uh Stuart and I talked to him and his lovely wife about doing a crossover podcast from Coombs Corner in Lockport, getting a bus driving down to Lockport, which if you're if you're not in the Chicagoland area he's further south. So, Coom Dog's a Southside Cub fan and, uh, and doing a live broadcast with Coom at Coom's Corner in Lockport.
3: Oh, absolutely. You know, we've been talking about every single offseason on this podcast. We've talked about going to Coom's Corner. We've read some pretty interesting reviews from Coom's. You know, I think you've heard a couple of them, Crawley. Yep. You know, it's it, not known for the burger, but maybe known for uh, a great podcast venue. Eventually. you know what it,
4: it would be so much fun and i will tell you that 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 coomer is one of the nicest guy tells great stories just a fun guy to be around i think it'd make an electric podcast
3: yeah let's do it let's go down there um but not not anytime soon <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> once again put put that on the list um, of
2: things that corona ruined. well you know what that's on the list and i'm happy to say that uh you know, in a few short months, I will be in a position to join you guys with those things.
3: And, there you go. and I don't know from six feet away. Maybe, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm literally looking at a two year quarantine here. People like, so get ready for the Howard Hughes version of Danny rocket. Cause I'm growing my toenails and I'm not stopping
4: urinating in jugs.
3: Yeah. Urinating in jugs. They're all saved under my bed. All hermetically sealed. Um. So I, but it, what I got sidetracked right away. Artie Boucher sent me – oh, God, I love this guy. Because he sent me Todd Ricketts' undercover boss. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> I own it. It's on my hard drive. It's been downloaded. It's been – oh, God, thank you, Artie, so much. I mean, I just uh, – I can't even say enough. Because it's – they tried to delete it from the world. They, you cannot get this show. I, I didn't look that hard. But, like, <laughs> 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 I, I did not go on Napster looking for it or LimeWire. Do, do those still exist? But um, Todd Ricketts on Undercover Boss is pretty much uh, the greatest television. Now, what are your memories of this era? Because you've both seen it, right?
2: No. I have seen it, yeah. I do not watch reality TV of any type.
3: I made it a point to
2: specifically watch this episode.
3: It's yeah. the only episode. I think I've seen a couple more or bits of them.
4: No, I'm, I, I kind of have a no reality TV rule at the house, too. So, uh, you know, I just I did watch this because it was cub related.
3: So uh, what are your memories of it? Like, it, uh, when's the last time you saw it? Do you have re- you don't have any recent memories? I take No,
4: a couple of years ago. So. I, I, I know Rocco. Uh, Who is the hot dog vendor I sent you guys, you and Michael I sent you guys a picture with me and Rocco Uh, I've known Rocco for years at uh, Wrigley Field Rocco, the hot dog
3: vendor
1: Yeah Did
3: you throw hot dogs in the garbage can? No
6: These aren't from you? No, No. I don't know, there's more here You said you didn't do it? No He didn't believe me at all He was very upset with me Sorry (laughs)
1: I'm
3: sorry I blasted your ears out
4: Rocco, uh, he, he actually sells beer now, you know I know he was a hot dog vendor in there, but uh, he sells beer and, and he's at the park all the time. He's a great dude. The other people that were featured, I did not know them.
3: Yeah, there's Jose and he was the, uh, the parking lot attendant, and then there was uh, what's the other guy's name?:
4: He was the guy in the, um, there was a guy that did the washroom and the scoreboard.
3: Yeah, the washroom and the scoreboard, but I was, I was like, that's one job. <laughs> you know I'm, I'm like what the fuck you know daryl that was the guy. Daryl, yeah yeah so i i did watch the whole episode and i'm sorry if, uh because i'm not gonna edit that out you're gonna all get blasted out just like michael and cory just did I mean, actually michael it wasn't that Corey loud um uh, no. it wasn't oh that's good the, the uh the compressor that the uh patreon people helped us buy is doing its job then for your ears okay good but it might sound like terrible shit to everybody else. But uh, let's see how this sounds. Did you troll hot dogs oh, it's too soft it. now. No. These aren't from no, Alright, no. right, I gotta the fix other
6: it. You you this is know. a disaster, people. Alright,
3: let's see how this sounds.
6: Hot dogs? Anybody need a hot dog? Hot dogs, hot dogs, you guys need hot, hot dogs. dogs. I have made hot
3: a – this is a disaster, guys. I'm
1: sorry. <laughs>
3: no, maybe people are enjoying me fucking up. But uh, but I've got a, a Todd Rickett soundboard I built. But it has a completely – oh, because I'm hitting the wrong thing. That's why. All right, I'm going to turn this up. All right, I hope this doesn't blast everybody out. But how
6: about this? Hot dogs, anybody need hot Oh, that's hot good. Dogs? Hot dogs, hot dogs, you guys need hot dogs It's a Todd Ricketts soundboard! Today I'm going to be working at Wrigley as a hot dog vendor. I I hope I don't screw up. Hot dogs, hot dogs! (laughs) Anybody who needs a hot dog has a hot dog vendor right by him. Rocco, I have somebody else to come clean about. I totally threw those hot dogs out, (laughs) but I'm going to be honest with you. I had $20 in my pocket, so I even gave us a $2 tip on that. That's funny. All right. So a couple
3: of takeaways from this, and I should have started here, and I should have had that set up better. So I apologize to you and everybody else. But you guys, Todd Ricketts, I actually felt bad for this guy in this episode because he has such issues about being the youngest child of the Ricketts family that he's, he constantly talks about having to prove himself to his siblings, which I thought was weird. He says siblings like 83 times in this episode. Have you ever <laughs> have, have you ever called your siblings, your siblings, your brothers and sisters, your siblings? No. No, never.
2: It's weird, right? Yeah. I mean, what are you going to say siblings-in-law? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like step siblings do they do that while they're playing like the words just don't go if if you if anyone
4: remembers there was uh this is when joe ricketts got in trouble with the emails but the whole if you look at the whole dynamic the family dynamic there's some interesting stuff that when you start looking through those emails that were uh that were released it kind of kind of makes you scratch your head sometimes it's not it's it to, to me it's
3: all the emails make you scratch your head. Well, not right. scratch your head. You're like, oh, I actually decided things. I'm like, I didn't scratch my head too long. I'm like, that motherfucker's a racist. Fuck that No, guy. no, no. But, <laughs> but what know? I'm
4: talking about is, you know, clearly, obviously, the racist stuff was absolutely horrible. The Muslims, the, the stuff against Islam and Muslims, you know, no doubt, awful. I'm talking about the just the way that, like, the family kind of sets up and kind of, like, the dynamics were very bizarre and how they kind of talked to each other. And, and like you said, I, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, they use siblings all the time, you know? like that wouldn't shock me.
3: Yeah, that like that that distant like they went to different high schools and stuff because Tom was good at this, so he went to this you know special right. and, school. And, and not only and, that,
4: but they just like just the way that everybody kind of approaches each other is very business like, like not as much family like.
3: Oh, and I think they're forced into this. Todd tried to make the case in this show that he wasn't born rich, and I didn't really look into it. He's like well, dad didn't sell the company. He he started it in 67, but he didn't sell the company until, you know, much later, so you know. I didn't you know, I didn't buy it. You know, he tried to he tried to be accessible, just kind of like how Tom does, you know, man of the people, sort of uh, you know, facade about it. And um but I you know, Todd had this line. He goes, um I really hope my siblings appreciate what I'm doing for the team. It was so weird what, what, selling hot dogs. <laughs> Nobody did he started with the bathrooms and he got fired from that job which like working in uh you know showbiz like a lot of it everything's made up right like we all just think of things that we want it to make it look like and we make it look like that because they gave him <laughs> and I, I think we should all watch this we should have a group watch party uh at some point and watch uh this undercover boss that i'm now proud owner of thanks for, to Artie boucher but they gave him the worst broom in the world like it looked like a broom you know the broom and bewitched <laughs> like, on the front the, on, in the beginning of uh, Bewitched, that she rides in on, like, some shitty-ass witch broom. That's like what the they do. <laughs> like who?
4: It's a cartoon.
3: Yeah, they gave him a cartoon broom, is what I'm saying. And it was garbage. And then he broke the squeegee. They set him up to fail by knocking over all this cleaner. He made a big spill and, like, all this stuff. He He was in there with no gloves on, in the men's bathroom— power washing it it's all splashing back on him he's failing he's getting you know backups in the sewer like it was he was set up to fail which i think is probably all fake you know they set him up to look like an asshole which he kept saying on the show my siblings this is i'm the youngest so they sent me out here to look like a jerk on purpose and then if you think about what happened next, we haven't seen him around since 2016. He went off, he went in the Trump camp, he became the chief fundraiser, he did other shit to prove to his siblings once again that he doesn't need them, doesn't need the family business. I don't know. It was it was a fascinating uh you know, exposé into like kind of their dynamic knowing what we know now and looking back that far. And Krull, you shared an article with us about, and it involved some of that stuff. What's the, uh, what's it called?
2: It Replacement was, uh...
3: level billionaires. Repl- yeah, that's a great number. A uh, 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 name for it.
4: Right, and, and it kind of goes a little bit into kind of the uh, dynamics of the family.
3: Yeah, it, a
2: lot of the stuff that we've already talked about because we are deep in the weeds on this, because we went through those, you know. The the Joe Ricketts emails and stuff like that But like Yeah a lot, a lot of that just You know letting everybody know This family sucks they're kind of Assholes and You know and And they I thought it would be a little Bit more about how they Ran the Cubs brand Sort of into the ground You know what I mean like they should be On top of the world still because they brought A you know World Series and three straight NLCS, and you know it's it's the golden era of Cubs baseball. But you know we're three and a half years removed, and like you know we're all pissed.
4: Uh, I think they do talk about that in the article. I mean the art it, the article is brilliant because it kind of start. It's funny because it starts out talking about how the Cubs got out big on Eric Sogard by the Brewers. Yeah, if, if you remember sad. that, and it's like, so sad and it's and, and that was kind of that's how they kind of start the article off a little bit It's just kind of like, OK, you are a major market team and it's not like, you know, you got outbid for, you know, uh, Garrett Cole, you, you, you Eric Sogard's a replacement level player is essentially what he is. And you didn't have enough money to be able to outcompete the Milwaukee Brewers who have to give away their tickets at gas stations you know and and so it kind of goes into this idea of collusion and the luxury tax and a lot of the things that are going on right now
3: yeah and I, the rickets i think the way they ran the team and we found this out from the emails is that they knew that they could fa- they could fail at this ultimately and still be okay you know, like they 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 would get bailed out in some way. They you know they they've already made triple the money on the Cubs. No, they put it in a shitload, but it was an amazing event investment. They made a billion dollars, and like you know, Todd's in there selling hot dogs, trying to make the family look personable, so we all buy into to the old school kind of Cubs motif of the bleacher bums with the shirts off and. You know, the cheap tickets and the, you know, the good old-fashioned. But, you know, they've already cut the jazz band. They've, you know, built big video boards. But they still want to maintain this, what they bought, which was all of our loyalty. And, you know, our Cubs community family, they bought us and tried to give us enough. But was it enough? I don't know. I mean, is one World Series bringing that, and then now they can do whatever they want and just put subpar situations on the field and line up. I, on the I field think that's
2: and, what they thought they could do, but I don't think Cubs fans are going to let them.
4: I also truly believe that there is collusion going on. We've talked about that, and they're just play. They're being team players, and it's the reason that Jerry Reinsdorf was never going to let Mark Cuban buy the Cubs because. Because nobody, you know, Cuban's going to just kind of play by his own rules. And Reinsdorf already hates that as much in basketball. He wasn't going to let him come in and do that in baseball. And so now you have all the owners. And again, don't think it's just the Ricketts because it's in Boston. and It's, it's in all St. of them. Louis. Yeah, it's all of It's them, all yeah. over. And so the Rickets are just being team players, so to speak, in that they're, they're all agreeing to not going over the luxury tax, even though it really doesn't mean all that much.
3: Well, here's the kind of owners we're dealing with, and I, I don't think Todd Ricketts is that involved anymore at all, but here's his terrible lie that he tells an Undercover Boss.
6: Did you throw hot dogs in the garbage can? No. These aren't from you? No, huh? Yeah. No. I don't know there's more here. You said you didn't do it? No. He didn't believe me at all. He was very upset with me.
3: Now, can you trust a man who lied to Rocco? Like, to his face three times. He denied him like Peter denied Christ.
4: And I'll tell you something about Rocco. Rocco could smell that shit a mile away, man. Oh, yeah, dude. There ain't no way.
3: First of all, I did the math at Rocco's age because they got into it. That man was like 44 at that time. That is a man. That's a rough-looking 44. So you do <laughs> not lie to a man who looks like that at age 44 because he's lived a life, people. He's seen some shit. Yeah. And, but I love all of these, though. Hot
6: dogs! Anybody need a hot dog? Hot dogs! Hot dogs! You guys need hot dogs over Today here? Today, I'm going to nope. be working at Wrigley as a hot dog vendor. Hot I, dogs I hope I don't hot chew hot dogs. Anybody who needs a hot dog has a hot dog vendor
3: right by him. That's pretty good. Um, but then, you know, here's the thing, because I, I don't know if... Crowley, I don't even know if you know the story about the day... No, you... Well, maybe you do, because you were giving out the ring to Miguel Mon- Montero, his World Series ring... And I just happened to bump into Todd Ricketts at that game. Have I told you this story? I know Michael's no, heard it. I don't think so. All right. So uh, Todd Ricketts is, is walking down the stairs in the 200 level, and I'm d- walking around and, uh, it, before the game. Todd Ricketts comes down. I'm like, hey, Todd, don't ruin this uh, celebration by throwing away any hot dogs. And you know what he said to me? He goes, okay. it's okay. I paid for them. So uh, here's him saying I took $20
6: out of my own pocket I put it into the money I took the four hot dogs and chucked them
3: Dramatic No, but the entire episode He realizes that he's an asshole For throwing away those hot dogs
2: Yep And, I mean, honestly Eat the fucking four hot dogs don't yeah. throw them away. Yeah, Give them to a be kid. Like, be like, I was Give hungry. them to a kid. Do something fucking good Give with them. Don't throw kid. them in I the garbage. Yeah, but that's that's the billionaire mindset. I've got money. I'll just I'll just throw money at it and throw everything else away if I, you know, just to get through. Well, and then and, I'll lie about and, it. And, the, and
3: that's me. exactly what he said to me. He had the same line. Like, it, it's, it's amazing. Like, he found the perfect job for him. to to work for Trump now because it's just like, I'm going to keep the same line. If I keep gaslighting these people, they won't think that I'm an asshole for throwing away the hot dogs. But you know, I will always think you're an asshole for throwing away the hot dogs, Todd, because when you said to me that day, when you were walking on the steps, I was like, Hey Todd, don't ruin today by throwing away hot dogs. And you were like, it's okay. I paid for them. I, I immediately thought, what a fucking asshole. So your line even makes me think that, um, I'm going to say you're an asshole because I assume Todd listens to the show. Anyway. And not
4: only, not only that, your camera broke that day.
3: Dude, it broke so hard. I got good seats just so I could get pictures of you giving that ring to Miguel Montero. <laughs> Paid extra for it, and then I got to my seat. I And you know what the last picture I took that day was? Papa Joe. Papa Joe. So anyway, it's definitely worth a watch. I don't know if I want to go. I made a bunch of notes about it, but I don't know if I want to go into it. But he looked like an asshole. He got fired from every single job he had, um, including bathroom attendant. Um, He had a nice day with Daryl up on the roof uh, in the scoreboard, and then he hugged him. But, like, Daryl was not into him at all. And that was what was hilarious because every single – One of the employees, when they found out that Todd Ricketts was actually the freaking unemployed uh, dude uh, named Mark Dawson who was trying to find a job, every single one of them, they all thought they were immediately fired (laughs) when they found out that Todd Ricketts was the guy because they had all fired him for sucking so bad.
4: Do me a favor really quick. I'm looking at the screen with Todd Ricketts on it. Can you fast-forward to Daryl? Because I'm trying to remember if it's the Daryl I know from Wrigley and if I didn't put two and two together. I know Rocco. I don't know Jose, but is there uh, yeah, a scene I, you have I, here I from I forgot I had
3: this capability. I've got this new capability of, uh, of uh, showing people things. Well, here's, well, we'll play this first. I would cause... fit into
6: that specifically as an executive. It remains Here's to be Todd. The relationship that I have with sitting all with his family, family regards the Cubs. It's really, really difficult. I am the youngest, and. Uh, I'd pay for that. There are a fair number of people who work here see? that I know, so there's a risk of being recognized. If you're selling beer, one of your friends will see you. <laughs> see, he's a drug. And then his brothers laugh. Tom's the chairman of the board of directors. Give he's you shit. on TV. He's the face of the Cubs, so it didn't make sense for him going undercover. So I think I'm the logical choice. All right, yeah. sounds great. When you're the youngest sibling, I think you get put into this role of perpetually trying to show your older siblings that you can do whatever they can do, and I think this is a good opportunity for me to show that I can do what they can't do.
3: Yeah, be somebody that nobody knows who you are. That's the only thing you have going for you until you got with Trump. So, all right, I'm going to fast forward to Rocco. And the, Rocco's the first guy. Or no, not Rocco. No, Daryl's uh, the Darryl, first Darryl, guy. All right, here's the here, – that's him. That,
4: that's not the Daryl I
6: that's know yet, but Okay.
3: Yeah, that's open. Okay. See, here he is. He's power washing the bathrooms, no gloves, no face mask, all the fucking Budweiser piss going back in his face. Uh, see, it's all a setup. And by the way, the bathrooms, I'll stop it. The bathrooms already look clean, do they? Yeah, the bathrooms look cleaner than I've ever seen them And do you notice that
4: he didn't have to clean the trough?
3: No, no, he goes in there eventually, but it also looks clean. Like I could fast forward just so you guys see the trough, maybe saw it briefly. But he spills that cleaner, that purple cleaner I'm showing you now. He spills that everywhere. He he look wait, here's his broom. <laughs> he, okay, good. I'll be right wait. There's his broom. Like, look at that shitty ass fucking ghetto ass broom.
7: What's my guy? Like it's got
3: fucking frills coming off of it and shit, like you know, that actually might be Wrigley's broom, but I'm I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it could be, but that broom sucks. And it all just felt like a big setup, but I think we should all watch it together and discuss again later. I made a bunch of notes, so I'll save those for later, but I, I did enjoy that Rocco said that uh, Todd Ricketts does not look very athletic and that he couldn't handle the hot dog job physically. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that very much. And then... <laughs> And then I also enjoyed that a hot dog used to cost four fifty. What were they last year? Six fifty, seven bucks.
4: I thought they were closer to six. Yeah,
3: yeah. They they called him slow and shy. They said his handling of money was subpar. These are all Rocco quotes, which is pr- he's probably uh, in Lake Michigan right now with cement sandals. But uh, Todd Ricketts at some point in this video throws a hot dog at somebody you know how you pass it down the aisle and everybody passes the money down well you can't do that anymore because of corona but todd came up with the way to be corona free as long as he's wearing gloves he just throws the hot dog at you and you have to catch it and he said he's gonna get fired from that um he does grounds crew oh it's amazing if you haven't seen it for a long time I, what, what's a good night? What's a good night for you guys to all sit and watch this whole thing together and I'll broadcast it to the ranchers. We could all do like a meet. Oh, I,
2: I don't know, Danny. What's Someone a good doesn't have, night? He has no Facebook. When am I
3: busy? Well, since every night is Tuesday, how about Tuesday? Yeah.
2: Tuesday.
3: <laughs> Let's do it Tuesday. There's an obvious shirt, right? It's all Tuesday. <laughs> so, uh, But at the end of the the, uh, the episode... Todd does, uh, he pays for Jose's ESL classes, who's the guy that parks the cars. He ends up uh, giving a family appreciation day to Daryl and uh, swimming lessons to his daughter who likes to swim. And um, I did enjoy that he picked up Rocco and spun him around <laughs> with a big hug at the end. <laughs> and everybody cried. And uh, I don't know, the re- then we won the World Series. I don't know what to tell you. But we That's should a all good ending. Yeah. Yeah. But it happened like four years later, but still. So anything else to add to the show? Do you have TFCs? I I kind of do. I got have a funny story because I I think T I think Steve Stone is my TFC tonight.
4: Is but it with Harry?
3: Yeah, yeah. Do you have that too? Yeah. His his Harry story?
4: Yeah.
3: I'll let you do it then.
4: No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead take it, man.
3: I've talked enough tonight.
4: No, no, no. It's good. Let's hear it.
3: Let's hear it. All right. But I've got to find the link to the thing. (laughs) Ah, Radio death. Oh, yeah. So the article is, uh, well, NBC Sports Chicago tweeted out, and it's their article written by Tim Stebbins. Good guy, by the way. Follow him on Twitter. And uh, he uh, tells a story about Harry Carey, who uh, obviously enjoyed a drink or two in his time. And he wound up in St. Louis at the Chase Park Plaza Hotel, which was one of the bars that stayed open until 4 a.m. Now, Steve, Steve, this is Steve Stone telling the story. It's and, on the
4: score on the McNeil and Perkins
3: show. Oh, they said it too?
4: No, no, no. The, the, that's, Tim got it from there. It was oh, from Tim the got it from
3: there. All right. So basically what happens is Harry Carey gets uh, his car won't start and he calls AAA for a tow. So he's waiting outside, and two guys pull up behind him, and uh, one guy steps out with a gun, and he points it at Harry, and Harry puts up his hand. The guy doesn't say anything, and uh, Harry's like, "Uh, don't get excited. I'll give you all my money that I have. I'll give you my watch. I'll give you whatever you want, and um, he's like, just just leave me alone, and the gunman stopped, and he realized who was in front of him, and it was Harry Carey, and the guy recognized him. Now, was he... Calling games for the Cardinals at this point.
4: At the Cardinals, yeah, yes. Yeah.
3: And so the guy's like, "Oh my god, this is unbelievable. You're Harry Carey, you don't understand. I grew up listening to you and uh, you know, you're you're everything I know about baseball." And so so Harry Carey is like, "Hey, hey man, uh, you know, put your gun down." And, and the guy did. And he, the guy's like, Hey, so why are you out so late Harry? And he was like, well, I'm waiting for a tow. I got to get, you know, I, I got to get some gas and blah, blah, blah. And the man offered to drive Harry carry to and from the gas station. Um, and Harry, um, declined. There's a lot of holes in this story though. I will point them out s- soon. But, um, so basically the guy starts to walk away. He's like, yeah, hey, you know, sorry for trying to rob you. And Harry's like, Hey, uh, and and the guy says, like, Harry, you shouldn't be alone in this neighborhood at night. This is very dangerous. And the guy got in his car and left. Now, I don't know. It, it all sounds quite unbelievable to me. What do you think?
2: It, it sounds more believable than the police officer story, where he goes through the whole thing like he's got a dead body in the trunk and all that shit. You know, when it I've, comes to. I've read that one a bunch.
4: I, I mean. With Harry, you know, it, it it's there there's so much it's very similar to like Babe Ruth in the idea that you can't tell anymore what's real and what's legend. You know what I mean? What's kind of part of the made up story. I, I don't you know. It, either way, it's a great story. Could it have happened? Yeah, you know, and maybe you do get freaked out if you're gonna rob somebody that's actually famous, you know what I mean? Somebody robs one of us, nobody gives a shit, but you rob Harry Carey, it's kinda of more of a big deal, you know?
3: Well, obviously Mesmer wasn't famous enough. <laughs> eh, pro-
4: compared, to, compared to Harry, probably not. I mean, yeah, you got to yeah. remember, especially back then in those K-Mox days with uh, with uh, jo- uh, Jack Buck and all that stuff. That was a, with the, probably one of the most famous teams in K-Mox back then had the, one of the largest signals to broadcast games. So Harry was real well known, you know?
3: What was weird is that uh, Steve Stone was like, oh, and then he was also out of gas and the guy was going to drive him to the gas station. And was like, no, that, I'm good. You know, and then like what AAA came, and he was just like got his car towed and took a right. cab. Harry like, didn't trust know.
4: the guy that had the gun pointed at him to take him to the gas station.
2: Yeah, go figure. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be getting in that car either. So, so do you have but, any? Uh,
4: there, there. There's a famous story about Harry Carey about uh, the reason that he got ran off from from St. Louis was that uh, you know the 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 Cardinals were owned by the uh, Anheuser Busch family. Uh, So that's Augie Bush, I think was in charge of the, uh, the Budweiser and the Cardinals at the time, the owner. And there's a rumor that Harry Carey slept with his wife. And that's why Harry kind of got run out of St. Louis, you know, and. And Harry was asked about that later on, and he said, look, do I look like somebody that's going to be stealing somebody's model wife? He's, you know, he's like, but hell, I... I'm not going to ruin the story.
3: He was like, <laughs> do I look like Dave Martinez? Right, exactly. <laughs> Rafael Palmero, come on,
4: you know. So it's uh, one of those things that, you know, even if the story isn't 100% true, it, it's uh, Harry's story, so it could be true.
3: Yeah, so let's pass it off as true.
4: Yeah, good enough, man.
3: How about we add to the story, in fact, that Harry like actually knew a couple ninja moves from growing up as an orphan. Orphan, He was a great fighter, and he learned karate from this one kid.
2: Now, Brazilian
1: jiu-jitsu.
3: So I was, oh, was going to say that
2: Harry reached into his car and pulled out a plastic bag that still had one full Budweiser in it, and he whacked the dude across the head with it.
3: Yeah, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'm a co-fan <laughs> and you're a bud man. Poof. Yeah, that'd be good. So, um, God, ending these episodes. It, well, actually, we don't have to end yet. Do you have TFCs?
4: Gordon Whitmire wrote. Yeah, right. Took, Gordon Whitmire takes a picture of the porta potty at Sloan being wheeled out. Uh, and, he, and, and he says, last porta potty removed from spectator area at Cubs Spring Training Facility. Decipio.com writes back, now where are you going to sleep?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Excellent. Anything, Michael? Uh, no, not really.
6: All right, well then. Hot
0: dogs, hot dogs! <laughs> hot dogs, hot dogs!
6: Today, I'm going to be working at Wrigley as a hot dog vendor. I hope I don't screw up. I, I wonder
3: which – this is a whole Todd Ricketts soundboard. Now, what I'm wondering is which one that I put on, like, the, our regular soundboard with, like, the creepy crawly and the ass stat and all that stuff, like.
1: Ooh,
6: I don't know. Um, yeah. How about this one? i I have uh, something else to come clean about i totally threw those hot dogs out but i'm gonna be honest (laughs) with you i had twenty dollars in my pocket so i even gave us a two dollar tip on that listen
3: to him justifying
6: you know i would i would cut that sound
2: bite uh after i totally threw the hot dogs out
3: (laughs) yeah yeah i I know i there should be a short version and a long version
2: yeah I, i think you could totally use the uh i i
5: threw the hot dogs out
3: yeah Well, it's hard to end these episodes right now because everything's so weird and, you know, and I appreciate you, everybody that listens to this show sticking with us. Sometimes I forget that, um, I don't know, I I forget that, you know, there is another real life, not sometimes, (laughs) the last week I've forgotten that there is a real life that we can get back to. We used to do a Cubs podcast and there was Cubs baseball to talk about, but all we have to talk about is a player to be named Traitor. A uh, trader traitor. Traitor. <laughs> to be named later. Train. T-R-A-D-E-R. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can we just consolidate that player to be named trader? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is what it is, right? Kind of. Um, but no, that the, the fact that like the Cubs managed to get worse in the middle of this is hilarious. And that's the only Cubs news that we had, but we managed to uh, talk for two hours about it. And, uh, hopefully you guys stuck with us and, um, Thank you. So, God, I don't yep. want to end.
2: Thank you to everybody out there <laughs> no, for now we sticking get, with us. No, we're going to go
3: back to quarantine. <laughs> hey,
4: you know what, man? We're going to try to keep you guys entertained as long as we're locked up. You know, as long as we got each other, we're going to have some fun with this.
3: Yeah, Michael, you're going to do a show with your kids, right?
2: Yeah, I'm going to actually uh, record one with my two boys and just talk some baseball. It'll be on the Patreon feed.
3: Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm putting out... I'm, I'm posting them. There's no, you know, because I'm following suit with everybody else who, who's like, hey, just take it for free again. <laughs> so it's okay, all, well, it's all yeah. out there. Anybody, the- can, anybody can listen to the Patreon feed is what I'm saying, which you already know if you're listening to that at the end of the show, which is why I'm awkwardly dancing around. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Are you waiting for me? I hope everybody uh, stay safe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't don't want to say it first this time. Be safe. Keep
4: your social distance and spagog.
3: Yeah, thank you. Spagog.
2: Spagog.
3: It's fucking me, it's fucking you What a goddamn motherfuck surprise Churches cancelled,
1: stores are closed Nobody can pick their nose And now you gotta stay the fucking inside Stay the fucking inside
3: for a ride, no more shows or restaurants, scared as fuckers buying guns, and now you gotta stay
1: the fuck inside, stay the fuck inside. Little virus that's contagious in me, and they're telling all the people to stay
3: in quarantine. And if you're talking to somebody, leave some space in between. So we gotta help each other out and change our routine. Till we
1: flatten out the curve or invent a vaccine. Slather on the sanitizer to keep your hands clean. This is the craziest fucking shit that I've ever seen. Nobody wants to get corona. It'll kill. you Especially if you're older So everybody stay at home And spend the next two weeks alone the poor everybody's got to help or die future of humanity it's all up to you and me and now you gotta stay the fuck inside
2: Indeed.com slash match. Terms and
0: conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own.
8: Visit SleepingDogsMovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's SleepingDogsMovie.com slash Wondery.
0: What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? <laughs> Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day.